Well, hello everybody. I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. And we want to welcome you back for another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. We have been talking about homeschooling, or rather the decision to homeschool, because so many people are deciding to homeschool and are brand new at this, or maybe you're going to be brand new when they start in the fall. And if you didn't hear the first episode, I want to encourage you to go back and look at that first one, because we talked about kind of the process that we went through when we made the decision to homeschool back when uh, all of the books were published in cuneiform because it was so old, so <laughs> long ago. But um, honest to goodness, there's so many people. I, I saw a study the other day, if I remember correctly, the um, one of the think tanks or, or policy institutes had done a study of statistics that were being reported by the different states across the country. And they said that from all apparent numbers that the public school system has lost almost a million and a half students this year. That they have left the public school system altogether and are, don't seem to be coming back. Well, the number of homeschoolers has doubled. You know, one thing I'm a little concerned about, though, as people jump into homeschooling without having done a lot of reading or prep work. And mm-hmm. I get it, folks. Sometimes you just got to say, look, we've got to make a change today. I'll figure it out later. But one thing yeah. that concerns me mm-hmm. is homeschooling is one of those things that's bigger on the inside yeah. You know, it looks yeah. like, well, I think from the outside, you picture what was on the cover of that magazine that I yes. saw 35 uh, years ago or whatever. I, I think it was the Sunday Supplement. I think it was Parade Magazine or something. And they had a picture of a mom standing in front of a little blackboard with the alphabet cards over it and a little flag sticking out of the wall. And she's got, like, her two kids are sitting in secondhand maple schoolroom desks. Yes. And it's you know, she's got this little itty bitty school at home. But that's not really the way homeschooling works. Right. Yeah, in fact I remember being at a homeschool support group many years ago and a mom mm-hmm. came in and she just looked so frazzled and she collapsed mm-hmm. and she just covered her face with her hands and she said, How do you do it with all your kids? I'm dying with my four. Was this the school teacher? Yes. This was a this was a certified she was public a school certified teacher former school teacher, and I said, well, describe your day. And she basically had tried to recreate the school in her home. So she would sit everybody down there at a little desk, and she'd stand up at the board and teach the first lesson, then the second lesson, then the third lesson, then the fourth lesson, and then they'd all do their their seat work, and it was taking them 13 hours a day. Yeah, because she was trying to teach four grades the way that the classroom environment is set up. Turns out you don't have to teach them that way. We need to go uh-uh. back further for our examples. We need yep. to go back to the one-room schoolhouses, mm-hmm. like that you read about in the Little House series. Yeah. Or right. even to the tutors that wealthy that wealthy people have had for their kids. Mm-hmm. They didn't teach that way. Mm-mm. You know, how do tutors teach their kids? How do tutors teach kids? You bring the child to you and you mm-hmm. explain something, and then you send them off to work. Just like in the one-room schoolhouse, you'd bring the first graders up and talk to your three or four little first graders while the second and third and fourth were all doing their own thing. Right. And so it's more of a tutorial method. It's a lot less rigid. Well, I think one of the great things about it is that you are not stuck in the big bell curve environment that says, look, we've got to figure out how to teach the gifted kids at this end and the kids that are struggling at that end. And so you end up with a lot of kids that are sitting there waiting for the rest of the class to catch up. And you don't have to do that in homeschooling. If you have a child who's struggling, you deal with their struggles. If you have a child who 
it's just breezing through it, then you breeze through it. But you don't have to sit there and finish out a 45-minute class period if the child got it in the first 10 minutes. Another thing that was kind of hard for me to grasp is that I thought when we first started, you know, when I was first thinking about it, that you'd have seven different su curricula for, you know, seven different subjects for each child. Right. But it's not that way because there's, there's no reason that you can't all study the same thing in history, all study the same thing in science, at least up to middle school or even through middle school. Well, if you think about it, look, look at the other end of the educational process. You look at college. And, you know, in a college classroom, you might have students from all four undergraduate years right. in the same class learning the same material at the same time from yes. the same professor. And, you know, you can do that for a lot. Now, things like reading, um, math that tends to build, you know, one block on top of the next, those yeah. you do have to do more individual teaching. But the stuff like science, like history, like uh, art... You know the the extracurricular kind of things or the the elective sort of things. Th those are those are easy to do with multiple grades. And now you build such great memories doing that. Now, if you're listening and you are new to homeschooling, you may be thinking, "But how do I do it done on a different level teaching fifth grade history and first grade history?" It doesn't matter. The matter that what you're trying to do is to teach them a body of knowledge, mm -hmm. and it doesn't. You don't have to do a bunch of worksheets. You don't have to to have them writing fifth grade sentences over here and first grade sentences over there. Mm -hmm. You can just read it and talk about it. Yeah. You can do hands-on projects. You can go on field trips. It's a, and now this is probably blowing your mind if you're new to it. Okay. Because I think that we have this idea that a rigorous education that will prepare our kids for college uh -huh. is one that is hard and difficult and kind of unpleasant. Yeah, because because grinding is next to godliness. That it's right. just to make it. Yeah, if you're enjoying it, if it's easy, then it's not worthwhile, right? And so. you know, the Lord taught me something about this. Yeah, because I was pretty, I was pretty OCD with our older kids. I yeah. I was yeah. afraid to skip to skip a, a worksheet. I mm -hmm. was afraid to to take not that they did had to get every single lesson or they'd miss something that would harm them forever, but yep. folks, think about it. We don't teach about verbs once in elementary school. They teach about them every year. Yeah, and they're not going to hear the stories of the American Revolution one time. Yeah. You know, it's something that the, the, the whole curriculum, again, with the exception of the things that build one on top of another, like math, the, the, most of the curriculum goes around in a circuit. You know, it's, it's, it's like a spiral. And, and you might get into greater depth in later years, but the fact of the matter is they're going to get American history, they're going to get state history, they're going to get basic science more than once. Right. And, and if for some reason you get disrupted and you're not able to do every single exercise this week, that's okay. It's not yeah. going to go away forever at this point. And you, know, and, and you know, something related to that, this is something which I think will surprise a lot of people. When you start homeschooling, you know, one of the first things I think people are going to think about is, where am I going to do about the curriculum? I've got to make all these decisions. And you know what? That's not your most important thing. No. That really isn't. Because there's all kinds of curriculum, and some will work better for some kids than others, even in the same family. And the flexibility of homeschooling allows you to try different things until you find the thing that works the best. 
but you don't need to be in a real sweat and panic about choosing the perfect curriculum right now and buying every single piece of it the first day that you're homeschooling. Right, because you can just, if you don't like it, you can change it. Mm-hmm. You can sell it. You can do something else. But I, I want to go back just a minute to yeah. what we were talking about a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mentioned I was really OCD with our older children, and then the Lord intervened. Yes. Because you got cancer, and our yep. youngest was born with a heart condition. I was barely surviving. Yeah. And, I mean, really barely surviving. And I really had to cut back school to the essentials. Well, Let me make point, sure that they that they learn what they're supposed to learn. Yeah. But we stopped all the busy work. I stopped all the extra, you know, making sure you do every single problem in every single lesson. Yeah. I cut back tremendously. And you know what? That batch of kids, actually, all of our kids went to college. They, they've gotten degrees. They're doing great. Yes. But that batch of kids did better in college than the ones that I had been more so-called rigorous with. Yeah. I think because they had more of the joy of learning and delight in learning, and they hadn't mm-hmm. been burned out. They hadn't, yeah, they hadn't used up all of their uh, creativity and, and energy and curiosity doing a bunch of busy work. You know, let, let's face it, a lot of things that are done in the classroom are done because it's a classroom. Not because that's the best way to teach it, but because you're teaching 20 to 30 unrelated kids of, of different abilities and different challenges and whatnot. And a lot of the busy work is there to keep the, to keep the accelerated kids in their seats while you are helping the, the kids who are struggling you know, in, in keeping the class together. And yeah. you don't have that problem when you have yeah. a class size of one. Right. You know, that's not that's not the issue. You don't need to keep anybody busy while you're while you're distracted. And so um, you can just focus on making sure this child, this one child understands what they need to understand. And as soon as he or she gets it, you can go on to something else. And so what you need to do is is think about what is the point I think we're also afraid when we start homeschooling, we think somebody's going to come inspect our workbooks. Right. Folks, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Comply with your state's law, and you'll be fine. You know, we've, and, got, we've got eight kids. We have graduated six from high school. They were homeschooled all the way through. And you know what? All six of those have gone to college on academic scholarships. Mm-hmm. All six of them have gone to college, and the ones who... We've got one that's just starting, but... The, the five that are ahead of him have all done very well in college. Oh, yeah. And, you know, an interesting thing about it, a lot of dads in particular worry, Am I, are my kids going to be able to get into college? The answer is yes. colleges want them. Colleges love, them. love homeschoolers because they find that they, they love learning, they settle into the classroom experience, and they do the work, and, and they seem to, to thrive on campus, and they get along with all sorts of people. Well, I remember when one of our boys was graduating from college, mm-hmm. and we were walking out of the quad, you know, yeah. getting ready to head home. Right. And some, I hear somebody yelling, wait, wait. And I look, and there's this professor running across the quad, his gown flapping behind yeah, him. Yeah, he's wearing his full academics at this point. And he's running so- across the quad, and he said, just a minute, wait, I wanted to talk to you. And I said, oh, okay. And he said, I just want to thank you. For the way that you taught your son. Mm-hmm. 
He said he was an absolute joy to teach. He loved to learn. He excelled. And I'm so excited he's going to graduate school. The academic world needs people like him. Well, I remember... And I remember, this yes. was... Mm -hmm. This was one in that second batch yeah. that graduated when I felt like I had to take my hands off the steering wheel. Yeah. When I couldn't do all, all the lessons, all the problems, all the grading anymore. And that's what his professor said. Do you remember yeah. he said? Oh, absolutely. He said, absolutely. you know, I think if I had just talked to him about the subject and set him loose in the library for four years, he'd have been fine. Well, you know, one of ours got to spend a year studying abroad at Oxford, and he said that's the way they teach at Oxford. You know, they meet with the professor, and the professor talks through an issue with them and then sends them off to research. And he might see his instructor, his tutor, once a week. And and that was that was all that it took. And that was, that was you know, one of the if not the most prominent university in the world, it's certainly in the top five. Yes. And just an incredible experience. Well, you know, something, something that I, I think we mentioned this in, uh, in another venue recently. When we were still considering homeschooling, we just had infants. We hadn't started yet. Um, we got into a church where the pastor and his wife had older kids, and they were homeschooling. But one of the elders in the church had two daughters that were in the local high school, and all of the kids seemed to be thriving. And so we were kind of looking at this and thinking, well, what's, you know, what, what's going on here? You know, because I'm expecting to see something different in homeschooling versus the public school student. And we finally, as we observed the families and got to know them better, we realized that, you know what the difference is? Yeah, this is a public school family, this elder and his, his wife and, and their two daughters. But the mom was a teacher's aide and she was at the school every single day. And Dad was self-employed, and he came to lots of lots of activities. And every night, he sat down with his daughters after dinner, and they basically went over everything they'd been taught during the day. And he was correcting, okay, this is a misperception, or this isn't correct, because we know that Scriptures tell us here's the true and, situation. And, and so both families were successful because, because of parental involvement. But, and that brings up one other thing I wanted to mention yes. to people, uh -huh. it doesn't take eight hours a day to teach your kids at home. Well, and, that was one and, of the things I thought when we were looking at those two families. I yes. thought, if we're going to be spending hours each evening deconstructing what was taught to our kids during the day, why don't we just teach them at the start Honestly. of the day, teach them the, the facts as we understand them, and then they've got time to do other things, and we got time to do other things. Yeah. You know, why should we be checking up on what the licensed professionals were doing when we could just do it ourselves and do it the way that we think it ought to be taught without having to, you know correct stuff later. In about 45 minutes a day for kindergarten's first graders. Yes. Up to a few hours a day in high school mm -hmm. and still have so much more time to start businesses, get jobs, have a family life, have fun, learn about the world, go out back and build forts. Yeah. Yeah. And they've got time to do to do sports. They've got they time, time to, to do children. music. They've got time to be children. They've got time to do art. They've got time to do to explore things and to to learn about the world around them in a way that's unstructured and just being led by their own curiosity. Yeah. You know, and that's that's in addition to whatever structured instruction you're giving them in the start of the day. Yeah. All of these things, you know, one of the things that I've told people is the reason that we began homeschooling is not always the reason that we continue. Yeah. And it was when we saw the way that we were able to build a relationship with our kids yeah. and our kids had a relationship with one another 
and the socialization was something that we were involved in every day that we could make sure that it was positive and we could sort out things that were not positive and help them to work through that and learn how to get along in, in groups and whatnot. You know, all of those things, I didn't really expect that when we decided to homeschool. No, I didn't but either. But once we were inside, we said, you know what, this is, this is really good. Yes. This is really good. Because, you know, that's one of the things we kind of laugh about the, the homeschooling theme verse in Deuteronomy chapter 6 where it says, well, that you shall, you shall teach these things diligently to your children and you shall talk of them when you rise up and when you lie down and when you sit at the table and when you walk together in the way. You know, that's lifestyle. That's all day long. You're teaching, you're learning, you're discipling. And you can do that as a homeschooler. Yeah. You can do that so much so much more effectively than having somebody else dealing with your kids for seven or eight or nine hours a day. Well, now that we have six adult kids, all of them homeschool from the beginning, mm-hmm. I really see that that's really the core, the most important part is discipleship and relationship. And that, and we've had so much fun with the educational part, yeah. with the academics, and academics are amazing. Yes. I love academics, but discipleship and relationship you can't get it if you send them to the best school in the world. Then you can't have the kind of discipleship and relationship you can have with them in your home. And the relationship that you build with your kids is what brings them back after they move out of your home. You know, it's what keeps them the, ringing the phone all day. That keeps them. That keeps them calling. That keeps them coming back for holidays, or or sharing their lives with you and asking for advice and and all the rest of that. That's based on the foundation of the relationship you built when they were eight, nine, twelve years old. Hal, I have a freebie for these people. Do you then? Yes, I do. What is it? Go to RaisingRealMen.com slash StartWell, and that will give you five workshops that will help you tremendously in getting started homeschooling. Three simple goals for your first year, Mm -hmm. a field guide to curriculum approaches and choices, surviving struggling to read for those that have struggling learners, Mm -hmm. boy schooling, because schooling boys is different than schooling girls, and middle school madness, because middle school is a whole other thing. True. And if you are not familiar with us, RaisingRealMen.com is our website. Why is that? It's because that's the title of our first book. Because we had six boys. That's right. We had six row. boys, one after another. And our first book was just about the adventure of raising boys. And so that's where you can find our website. But if you want to leave a comment, you got a question, we would love to hear from you. Call our listener response line. That's at 919-295-0321. And you don't have to talk to anybody. Just leave a message. Just leave a message. That's all you got to do. Just leave a message, and we'll be glad to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Um, join us anywhere online, social media, at Raising Real Men, all one mm-hmm. word. Mm-hmm. Find our subscription box at craftsmancrate.com. And you can find the archives for the program at howandmelanie.com slash radio. And you can subscribe anywhere you find podcasts, whether it's iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher, or wherever else. That's where we are. Get your freebie at RaisingRealMen.com slash StartWell. Very good. Well, look, we appreciate you joining us, and we hope that if you are thinking about homeschooling, that we've helped you uh, in your consideration of it, and uh, hope that you'll join us again as we try to take biblical principles and bring them into the 21st century American family. So, or international families for that matter, because we do have international listeners. That's right. All right. So, until next time, I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. Thank you for listening. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. 
That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Alan Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.